So, Adam, uh, thanks for joining in on our Discord. You've uh, you've been super helpful to me. Uh, I've known you personally uh, before we worked like collab with Coinwise. Uh, but yeah, thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you for being such a great friend. And maybe you can tell people about what your journey has been like so far, how you get got started with uh, doing podcasts, uh, and then how you got. Uh, to the idea of Mint and maybe tell people a little bit about you and what you're working on. Yeah, sure. First off, thank you for having me. Coinvise is such a epic community uh, that's building actual tangible products and solutions for legitimate problems in crypto. So yeah, I love supporting Coinvise. I love working with you guys, uh, Janiel and, and Collab being on Mint. So just very excited to be here. Um, so I, I guess I could start with how I got my foot in the door in crypto uh, and then how that kind of transitioned into me working in crypto and transitioning into podcasting and kind of where I am now. I guess that'll be the structure. So I got started uh, in crypto in late 2017. I initially got interested in the space after seeing that some publicly uh, tradable asset was trading at 20K at the time, Bitcoin, obviously. And that led a lot of my curiosity uh, entering the space. But there was one side of being able to trade these currencies. And there was another side of like understanding what blockchain technology was and what it could be used for beyond money, beyond trading and shitposting and all that stuff. Right. And I came across this startup called Media Chain that was founded by Jesse Walden. And at the time, I was very uh, into the music scene. I've been playing the drums for since I was five years old, I'm 24 now. And I've always wanted to, you know, like I, I saw what Jesse was doing and how he was helping artists and musicians using crypto. And I thought, oh, that's pretty unique. It's pretty different. And it got acquired by Spotify. So between seeing Bitcoin trading at 20K, between seeing uh, an interesting use case of blockchain technology, solving a real world problem, that's how I kind of got my start. So this was around the time where winter break kind of kicked in at my university. And I spent the whole four weeks kind of diving into the Bitcoin white paper to the extent where I loved it so much, I started posting in university Facebook groups. If anybody wants to learn about Bitcoin, meet me in this room on this day at this time, I'll be teaching you. Uh, and I literally held whiteboard sessions just every single weekend, teaching people about how peer-to-peer -peer payments work, how blockchain technology work, what was Bitcoin, why was it so important? And I remember the very, very first session that I held, two people or three people showed up. And it was about an hour. And then the next weekend I did it again and like five people showed up. And then the next weekend I did it yeah. again and then 10 people showed up to the point where we were 350 people on campus, uh, all interested yeah. in crypto, blockchain and whatnot. So as you can imagine, like I was so into the rabbit hole uh, by then and I wanted to start working, right? Cause that's what you do after graduating, you, you work, right? And I told mm -hmm. my advisor, send me to uh, Switzerland for my last semester on campus. I want to see what's going on in Crypto Valley, okay? At the time, they were the most regulatory-friendly environment for crypto projects. Ethereum sort of came out of there, and that kind of sparked a lot of inspo for others. So unfortunately, I couldn't get a job because of the visa issue, though I did get offers. Uh, I ended up moving to Austria afterwards um, and working with a blockchain startup over there for a few months. They had an offer to get acquired by a bank, so they dropped me, and I came back to L.A., uh, and joined a fund that I was working at collectively for about two and a half years. And I guess I, I forgot to mention that I was also interning for them during school, but came mm -hmm. and joined them full time. And uh, it was Tim Draper's fund. Tim Draper 
is known to be whatever, like a really smart VC, has done really well for himself. So it was a cool experience working for him. I was the only full-time employee amongst uh, the three partners, uh, Tim, Alon, and Joseph. The firm was called Draper Gorn Home. And when I, when I got like in there, I, because I was the only full-time employee, you can imagine you're wearing multiple hats, doing multiple things from fundraising to deal flow analysis, to conference producing, to uh, marketing communications, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But one thing that I started that I was uh, really happy that I got the exposure to do was blockchain and booze. And uh, blockchain and booze, that's kind of how I got into podcasting as to where I'm at right now. They stripped my face from the website because I'm no longer there, but all the speakers <laughs> on there, yeah. you can see it. I brought in all those speakers, I interviewed them. Um, and basically the whole concept was this, okay? There's a ton of shit going on in the space. Uh, everybody's super serious about everything that they're doing. Quarantine just kicked in. People can no longer go to their networking events and post-work meetups to share ideas over a drink. So I went up to my bosses and I was like, let's bring this online. So that's exactly what I did. Every single Tuesday evening from 5 to 7 p.m., I hosted a, a fun get-together where I interviewed someone live over a drink in front of an audience. Um, and... 66 sessions later, over 140 guests later, we had about 170,000 live viewers uh, by the time that I left, which was about a month and a half ago. And I got to interview everyone from Mark Cuban to the mayor of Miami, to the Binance US CEO, to Celsius Network CEO, top DeFi projects, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's how I kind of got into started into podcasting. And since right. I left, uh, I, I started this new concept called Mint. And Mint mm -hmm. is uh, tailored to be more towards the creator economy and the development around Web3 communities, strictly because I'm a creator myself. I told you guys I'm a musician. All I knew growing up was music, producing mm -hmm. music, writing songs, recording, et cetera, et cetera. I remember ever since I came across Media Chain and I fell down the crypto rabbit hole, I've always wanted to find a way to merge the two, crypto and music, right? And now... If you guys are crypto native, those who are listening, you'll realize that NFTs have proven to be a cool concept to experiment with. You'll realize that social tokens are a cool concept to reward audience and, and fans. Uh, and it's why I started Mint, strictly for the reason of providing content and guides mm -hmm. for creators who want to transition from Web 2 to Web 3. Okay, So the whole yeah. gimmick is they got to mint their mind into Web 3. And uh, twice per week, I post new episodes kind of interviewing different thought leaders in the space on how they're using social tokens to empower, one, the creator economy, uh, and two, Web3 communities. Uh, and that's, right. kind of where I'm, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, you're, you're, you're such a like, entrepreneur because you've just done these so many, like uh, just going through your career. Like, you've always been good with people, which is, which is what I like about you. And it sort of shows in, in some of the podcasts that you've done. I guess talk to us about like what it was like interviewing a lot of these. Uh, I know blockchain and booze. I've seen a couple of episodes. I've seen the one with Mark Cuban. What is what? What are some things that you learned about the space that you didn't didn't know before uh, by just talking to these people? And what is something that excites you uh, going forward? Yeah, this is such a good question, Janil, because I started blockchain and booze April of 2020, and if you guys remember right. this timeline, a few months later, DeFi summer kicked in August 2020. Right. Okay. And I think I entered the, the quote unquote podcasting scene at a good time because I was yeah. able to build up a few episodes before getting more legitimate people on the show. And when I got to the point where I could invite more legitimate people on the show, 
that's kind of like where the fun started. So I'll give you an example. You know, 2020 came, all these random ass DeFi projects were appearing, token prices were skyrocketing, and it was hard to kind of fish out what would win, what wouldn't win, what kind of picked up legitimate traction, what was kind of like an industry plant, like synthetic traction. And um, the way I would kind of like get my alpha into investing is I would invite the founders onto the show, okay? And right. many times what you realize is people didn't want to back their projects publicly. People didn't want to put a face to their project. And there's only right. a handful of people who would come on in front of a camera, in front of a microphone, and talk about why their project was the shit. The best person right. that comes to mind is Steinik Pulichov from Ave. I remember mm -hmm. Ave, he came on many, many times on Blockchain and Booze. And there was a point where Ave exploded, right? And now he's like this big famous person doesn't really have time to, for anyone because Ave is, is growing so much. But at the time, he was still doing speaking events and he would come on and he was like, this is Ave. This is how you pronounce Ave. This is what we're trying to do. This is where we're at. And he would talk about his project publicly. So I was like, okay, this guy's cool. Um, I'm learning a lot from him. I'm getting my alpha from talking to them, understanding them as people, who they are, what motivates them, what excites them beyond crypto. Let's buy some of their tokens. That's how I made my decision-making process. And then Kane Warwick from Synthetics came on. Okay, this dude is dope. He speaks a cool ethos. He has a vision. Let's buy some of his tokens. And then that happened for more and more and more projects. So I realized that when you talk to someone about their project, if they're one willing to come on publicly and talk about the problems that they're solving, regardless of how unregulatory friendly the environment, it says something about them and what they're building. Okay. And of course, okay. there's outliers, people like shill bullshit and they try to scam people by going on stage and pumping and dumping, whatever. But there's right. some diamond interrupts. So like the biggest lessons I learned from uh, interviewing is basically the alpha that I got uh, and the investment kind of like insight that I got that was really publicly accessible. But, you know, when you have these conversations, you kind of learn about people in a different light, especially when they're drinking and they're a little bit buzzed. Uh, so, yeah, always fun. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I heard like really good things about Stani. I haven't actually got a chance to talk to him, maybe someday, but but he seems like cool. But I guess like a follow up to that would be this idea that now you've been like doing all of this on like YouTube, Spotify. And this is something like it's a personal question here that you've been doing this on YouTube, Spotify and launching these podcasts. And that's where a lot of these people are finding you. Maybe on Twitter, they're learning about it. But how do you see this transition of like people like it's this idea that they turn their audience into a community, right? And that's what whole Web3 is about, is not about having audiences, it's about having a community uh, with like true fans or 100 true fans is, is the concept that we talk about. How do you see that transitioning happening given the, all the conversations you've had with people? And where do you sort of stand in that? And how did you go about like creating a community? Because obviously that's, that's sort of what you're advocating for. So what does that transition look like to you? So are you, are you curious in the concept of Mint specifically or in general and how it fits into like the ethos of Web3? I guess both. So maybe just okay. talk about Mint, Mint specifically just because it, you have a better understanding of that. Yeah, yeah. So it's such a good question because I'm still trying to figure out what community looks like at Mint. and. Right now, it's very much me, but I want to like, quote unquote, decentralize that. So it's more about Mint, right? And I haven't really like figured out what that kind of looks like. So I'll, I'll introduce some concepts that I want to like push out. Like, how can we embrace more of a community? How can we create more content that's more 
like uh, multiplayer rather than just single player. Like podcasts are very much single player, right? It's just you and a person and you just talk to them, you post it, you publish it, et cetera, et cetera. I'm trying to think about how can we create content that's multiplayer that involves uh, the, the community. And honestly, it's, it's a really hard question. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't figured that out yet, but I can leverage my, my experience from blockchain and booze. And, you know, I think there needs to be that one thing, that one theme that people align with that brings people together beyond your content. For blockchain and booze, it was alcohol. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, for friends with benefits, it's like a network, right? And yeah. every single like community has its own theme that extends beyond their service or product offering, right? right? And one thing I learned from building blockchain and booze, which keep in mind, there was 66 episodes across about a year, uh, about a year and, and a month, a year and two months uh, of, of work, right? To the extent where even Cointelegraph picked it up and they were live streaming it every single week. And I was getting on average 10,000 viewers live every single Tuesday. And you start thinking about, okay, you're getting thousands of people watching the show uh, on Twitter, on YouTube, whatever. Like, how do you funnel them in, right? How do you get their emails? How do you build their con? How do you build a database? How do you bring them into Discord, et cetera, et cetera. So I realized that at the time there was a problem that needed to be solved. People wanted to network. And I realized that that was maybe an overarching theme that could bring people together because mm -hmm. people myth networking and everything has been remotely done. People are locked in their homes and people like to drink. And if they're at home all the time, they're probably like, it's probably just them, you know, maybe they're going out to get groceries, whatever. But like that interaction, that social interaction is, I feel like is what, what kind of made that community. The interviews were just a plus. That was just the thing that kept them there. But what brought them there was the network and the drinking. Right. And, and that's so interesting because the, what you're literally describing is just building culture. And you can have like all sorts of financial incentives. You can have all these things that are sort of economic layers. But if, if the missing piece, the culture is not there, it's just not going to work, uh, which is why we've seen like interesting examples around that. But I guess like how do you think about like these creators that are existing on, let's on, say YouTube or, or, or Spotify? Uh, do you ever see them as being binary where they'll completely switch to web3 and think about different ways of hey i don't want to build an audience i'm more interested in building a, a close-knit community of let's say only 100 people but 100 true people where uh we can sort of collaborate and it's not just a single player content creation it's a multiplayer content creation do you see that switch happening or do you see it's more like uh complementary to each other where you're sort of existing on youtube and still creating content there, uh, but you're leveraging Web3 to capture the network effect better. Uh, how do you yeah. see that, I guess? Yeah, let's, let's have a real moment for a minute. I quit yeah. my job yeah. to make that happen, right? right? I literally quit my job working at the fund. I was getting like a, a steady salary. Everything was safe. I had options, whatever. It doesn't matter. But point is, like, do I see that transition happening? Yes. And it's the reason why I quit my job to double, triple, quadruple down, whatever you want to call it, on the development of the space as more Web2 creators and communities merge into Web3, right? Like that's the whole point of Mint. Provide content, mm -hmm. provide guidance, and to hold people's hands about what's happening in the space and how they can use it to their advantage, right? So part of transitioning comes with educating, right? People won't get into something without understanding it. And like the people that I have on, for example, um, let's talk about Harrison first. He's like a common name in the community. 
He's a Web 2 creator that's transitioned into Web 3, okay? And by uh-huh. showcasing his story and the, the, the basically the title is like using social tokens to create gated audio libraries with his with first his coin okay creating content yeah. like this you know is like that element of education that i hope other creators come across and realize that wait harrison first is actually a, like a legit songwriter a legit producer and he made the switch into to, into crypto like what is he doing and what can i learn from him you know so yes creators in in more of these web2 communities will transition into crypto it's just a matter of time and education and honestly dude it's really dependent on like platforms like coinvise and and you janiel and you gian and the people that are in this audience right to make and take it upon themselves to to, to onboard yeah. people right and to teach them and like the amount of creators i talk to on a weekly basis whether it be showing them how to open a metamask whether it's teaching them what ethereum is whether it's this or that or that right whatever it may be it's info and and to, to kind of grow this community, we have to hold each other's hands and welcome new people in. So 100% short answer to a question, it's happening. It's just a matter of time, right? And yeah. I'll, I'll shout out some projects that are doing a really good job on, on taking the responsibility. First one is Coinvise. Second one is Forefront. Third one is, uh, is uh, Whale, the Whale community. Fourth is Ali. Ali, uh, Ali Mc, McPherson, she's a gamer okay she plays right. cards card games on on twitch and on youtube she collectively yeah. has half a million followers she is like the epitome of what a creator should look like transitioning from web 2 to web 3. she launched her social token it's doing exceptionally well the people in her community who have built that social token they're pretty much normies really uh but she's teaching them what is crypto you know and now that she has good distribution on her token she's slowly transitioning into a DAO now right? Or you can call it a modern day fan club. So you're seeing already early instances and these people are going to be like the cornerstone as to how others kind of join crypto, right? So it's going to happen. Yeah. And I guess like maybe a follow up there. So my whole theory, and I'll, I'll give you a bit of a counterpoint or, or just an alternative argument is that it's it's never a lack of resources or education. Uh, if there's like motivation, you're going to find a way to do that. And you know how like initially we were just like within the team, we were trying to play Axie Infinity and there were like seven, eight steps to do it. But we still did it because there was intrinsic motivation of playing the game. So we learned all of it, installed like the Ronin wallet and and did the whole setup but i guess a follow-up to that specifically was like in your specific case and obviously you've seen a different stories like what made you take the risk of just leaving your job and taking like a leap into doing what you're doing now like what was what was the moment where you just went fuck it uh, i'm gonna make this risk. like it's a risky thing and most people tend to be you know either you know risk averse but creators tend to be outliers and they tend to like do things that are maybe not as conventional or at least do risky things. So what made you take the risk? Yeah, it's a good question. So I want to, and I want to comment on your follow on point that you kind of brought up after my last answer. And that's if there's a will, there's a way, basically, yeah. I still think there needs to be a level of exposure and understanding for people to sure. enter the space for them to kind of trigger that initial level of motivation and fire in them to, to get it going. Right. But you're right. It's most 100% of balance. Yes, I, I agree with you. Um, and then to answer this, this new question, what, why did I take the leap of faith and like what motivated me to do it? To be honest, like blockchain and booze was such a interesting experience 
And I got to talk to over 150 builders, founders, uh, investors. And I really like, I was very lucky to, to build a cool network from that and, a, and a, like make really cool friends from that. And it really like having that foundation and, and talking to people and like, I'll, I'll shout out someone that had major impact because we're like, we're good friends. He lives like 20 minutes away from me. Uh, Cooper Turley. Sure. I remember I was like talking to him a lot and he was doing really, really cool stuff. And he, he he's very successful at what he's doing. And I started asking him like, how can I transition? How can I take more steps? I want to be a part of more groups beyond Draper Gordon Holm. They're not letting me be, be in, involved with other projects beyond Draper Gordon Holm. And he's like, just quit. He's like, just quit. Like, you'll be good. Like, just quit. And from the moment yeah. he told me that to the moment I talked to other people, like I have a mentor who was early in crypto that really helped me out. I'm, I'm very lucky to have the people around me and I'm forever grateful for the people around me because I couldn't have made that decision by myself without consulting some friends around me, right? And it wasn't until I realized like the, the, the opportunity here is actually really high and the risk to reward ratio is unlike any other industry that I just said, fuck it, like just take a leap of faith and you have enough experience and you're getting offers like thankfully from other companies so if you do fail, you have a plan B to, to sit on, you know, and yeah. just go full throttle. Just do what you did for blockchain and booze and create content. Do what you did for LA Blockchain Summit, LA Blockchain Week, sell sponsorships and get a paycheck. Um, do what you did for the investment fund, whether it be fundraising or managing deal flow and act as like a very early, early, immature, amateur, uh, not immature, just an amateur angel investor, you know? And right. try to take the, the pieces that you kind of em embraced and absorbed from all these different internships and gigs and full-time jobs and try to like formulate them into your own being, you know, and just fuck it. Just take a leap of faith and just do it. And what's the worst that can happen other than you just going to find a new job? And right. I'll end with this, okay? It's 100% an employee market right now. There's yeah. more job offers than there are candidates in the space. Right. So right. that also gave me a level of security that if I do mess up, then I have a backup plan kind of thing. So I like I really planned it out. And I was like, this creator stuff is so fascinating. And it's like I'm a big believer that these these creators, these Web3 communities, these influencers, these Internet personalities, they're going to be the people that onboard the next billion people into crypto because they have the network effects, they have the communities, they can inspire and their word goes a long way. So if you have Justin Bieber telling his hundreds of millions of followers, go buy the Beeb, the Beeb coin, right? On Polygon or Ethereum, chances are millions of people are gonna buy that and onboard onto Polygon or Ethereum or Solana, wherever it is, right? Mm -hmm. So realizing the network effect that that can happen and how I can be a grain of salt in impacting that, led my my motivation to to quit that's yeah that's awesome i mean i guess cooper has always had like an influence and like even cooper when we started coinwise he sort of lifts everybody up right yeah even alex is like that i don't know if you've met him but I, i'm seeing a pattern but anyways yeah I it's, it's so it cool soon <laughs> so final question right in an ideal world and this is something like some uh, a person that i really look up to said to me and i'm going to tell it to you right now uh, in an ideal world if you had all the resources in the world you don't have to worry about the constraints you don't have to worry about actually building it or uh, come bringing it to reality but what is something that's sorely missing in the creator economy or what is something that you would love to see in the creator economy that would either impact all the other creators that you wanted to happen uh, given that you have infinite resources 
or I guess more generally speaking, where do you see like the creator economy to be going forward? And what does that ideal world look like for you? Okay, so if I had unlimited resources, unlimited money, unlimited access to engineers, marketers, op- operations people, et cetera, et cetera, right. I, would, I would focus on the intersection of the music industry and crypto. Uh, and you guys are probably already seeing Blau create a lot of hype around this. And that's around the element of being able to basically fractionalize a song or an album and crowdfund it to your fans, right? So that they can be a part of not only the creative journey of experiencing and enjoying the content they're producing and the music they're releasing, but also the financial journey of uh, reaping some of the benefits of them basically consuming the content and being core contributors to the influencer's future, right? To the musician's future. Um, so that's something that I've been thinking a lot about and like, I guess between the few of us in here, right? Like I was working on a project that was doing like a demo with one of these big rap artists and I just dropped from the project yesterday because it just wasn't the right fit and they weren't doing it right. And their incentives were aligned elsewhere. So if that's something that someone's working on, I'm very motivated about that. So that's number one. Okay. And then another thing is that's really exciting for me is the ability like right now where we are in the nft market is you're seeing millions of dollars in volume of people trading and transacting different collectibles and right now all these like solutions for these wallet solutions that are kind of like storing these assets they don't really provide people with ways to you know kind of like enjoy that content enjoy their nft album enjoy the nft video that they got from their creator from an airdrop etc etc so being able to like find a solution that allows people to better interact with their NFTs and collectibles is something that also really, really excites me. Yeah, that's, uh, that's super helpful. Is there anything you'd like to tell everybody where to find you? Cool. Yeah. So uh, you can find me everywhere as LevyChain, L-E-V-Y-C-H-A-I-N. Uh, thank you for posting the link. <laughs> um, and then if you go to adamlevy.io, You'll basically go to my site where I'm kind of like focusing all the content submission and podcast uploading and blog posts that I create around different creators and Web3 communities interacting in the space. Um, And uh, yeah, hit me up. I'm always down to collab. I'm always down to brainstorm. Uh, I'm online what feels like 24-7. So join Mint's Discord. I just started Discord for season two. Um, so come join Mint's Discord, come be active. If you have ideas of things that you want to see kind of like emerge from the social token NFT DAO space that you think has a multiplayer feel, yo, I'm always open to ideas. Hit me up. Uh, and guys, thank you. Thank you for listening and thanks for having me. Thanks, Adam. You uh you know we all love you and you're a G. Thanks for joining in. Love you guys, uh, I- thank you so much. Thank you.